Hello and welcome to Zephra Talks, a podcast hosted by the French Research Center of the Arabian Peninsula. For this episode, we welcome Dr. Thorsten Bodz-Bornstein, Associate Professor of Philosophy at Gulf University for Science and Technology in Kuwait. Dr. Bodz-Bornstein received a PhD in Philosophy from Oxford University, and as a postdoctoral researcher based in Finland, he undertook research for four years on Russian formalism in Russia and the Baltic countries. He has also been researching for three years in Japan on the Kyoto School and worked for the Center of Cognition of Hangzhou University in China, as well as Tuskegee University in Alabama. In this episode, Dr. Potts Bornstein will take us through a comparative study between the works of Japanese philosopher Nishida Kitaro and Egyptian philosopher and reformer Muhammad Abdu. I want to talk about Nishida Kitaro, the Japanese philosopher who died in 1945, and Muhammad Abdu, the Egyptian theologian and reformer who died in 1905. The reason I'm doing it is because I see parallels between um, their philosophies, both develop religious philosophies in the context of non-Western cultures and within the context of modernization that had begun in the second half of the 19th century. And both attempt to establish a relationship between the individual and the universal by using what I would call organic models. So in the second half of the 19th century, um, there are many non-Western countries who respond to the Western development of science and technology, and they introduce reforms. And uh, Japan is particularly successful with that. Um, It had abolished feudalism, had created a modern nation-state. But these reform projects, they do not just include reflections on uh, on how to become Western, but also how to become not too Western, how to escape Westernization. Uh, During the Meiji Restoration, we have uh, ideas about how to keep the Eastern spirit uh, adopt just the Western science. Um, and then later in the um, in around 1900, in the early 20th century, we have publications about the ideals of the East. Um, so um, there is an exercise in intercultural communication. Uh, and in the realm of philosophy is the Kyoto School who, who did that, um, producing what one can, can be called a modernized in the indigenous culture. Uh, so uh, uh, late Taisho, early Showa, um, Western ideas were assimilated into a Japanese system. Uh, and it was not only the Kyoto School, there is also the Romantic School and others. So there I see a parallel with Nahda, um, the uh, Arab Renaissance movement, 
Uh, internationally, um, at that time, that means 1904, the 05, the, the end of the Japanese-Russian War, uh, after uh, 1905, there are internationally many such movements in Russia. There's Lenin and Gorky in China, there's Sun Yat-sen, Lu Sun in India, there's Gandhi and Tagore. Uh, it's Takeuchi Yoshimi who, who, who names these movements. And for the Middle East, he puts Atatürk and even Saud on the list. Now, I think uh, the Nachta would fit better than even Saud. It's just that it started earlier, but it lasted into the mid-20th century. It uh, began in Egypt and spread from there to other Ottoman-ruled Arab regions. There was first uh, Tahtawi in Tunisia, there was Khair al-Din, and they uh, precisely tackled the question of how to be modern while remaining Muslim. And how to be modern was more important for them. Um, so uh, Tahtawi concentrated uh, on, uh, on westernization, and then the, the, the ruler, uh, Muhammad Ali Pasha, uh, he sent students to Europe exactly like in Japan. Uh, they came back and Cairo became a center of reforms. There was a big intellectual wealth. Uh, then in the 20th century, the, 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 the context would change. So at Atavi, he, he still participated in a revolution which, which failed. But now the Turkish Empire was falling apart anyway. So... Um, um, that gave the whole project a different uh, flavor, the amalgamation of East and West um, took place in a, in, in a unique uh, context. Um, so the, uh, the, these reforms, they embraced achievements, achievements of the European bourgeoisie. Uh, but they also uh, attempted to retrieve rationalist and humanist elements that were already extant in the Islamic tradition. Uh, so uh, one of the initiators is uh, um, uh, Afghani uh, and his student Muhammad Abdu, and this is why I talk about him. Well, it's one of the reasons why I talk about him. They were seen as uh, reformers. Um, uh, even like like uh, we're compared to the, the Reformation, to Luther and, and Calvin. So uh, uh, Takeuchi, he does not add the, the Kyoto School either uh, to his list for obvious reasons. They are stigmatized as right-wing and they do not really fit there. But I think the critique of modernity and the insistence on Japanese particularities that fits very well into this international landscape of cultural resistance movements. Uh, Watsuji even talked about a cultural renaissance and tried to retrieve a cultural heritage. So the Kyoto School philosophers moved away from major ideals of civilization, enlightenment, and so on. But uh, they concentrated on those topics that were also of importance for the Nachta Arab reformers, the relationship between faith and reason, and there was also a critique of secularism. So uh, uh, the result is, in both cases, maybe what one can call a metaphysical reformism. 
these philosophies, they are modern, they are not just traditional, but they don't deny the spiritual sources that are attached to the Eastern cultures. So for the Kyoto School is Buddhism and uh, concepts like organicity, the person, totality, they become, become central. Uh, and first of all, then, of course, a certain uh, philosophy of space that I would call space-time development, and that was Nishida, Nishida Kitaro uh, with his philosophy of place or topos or the basho in, in, in Japanese. And uh, the Buddhist dimension re always remains uh, uh, present. So the, the Islamic liberalists of the Arab world, they had similar thoughts. I thought above that um, uh, we find it very well implemented in the work of Abdu. Um, uh, because his writings are not just a response to Western imperialism, but they also attempt to produce a modern Arab philosophy. So uh, um, Abdu's philosophy defines paradox paradoxical position integration of reason and religion. And this is uh, obvious in his book, The Theology of Unity, which I will, uh, will want to analyze in, in this research. Uh, and it also uh, uses modern uh, um, um, Islamic concepts, uh, describing them through Western-style definitions, uh, exactly like, uh, like the Kyoto School. So I focus on the problem of unity. Uh, I want to show uh, first how religious thinkers from different areas have attempted to reconcile God and reason. Uh, and then the second purpose is to show how a peculiar philosophy of space could be developed based on these considerations. Uh, Nishida Kitaro's work is closely linked to an alternative idea of space. Uh, his concept of the, the, the basho um, uh, inaugurates a philosophy of space. Um, but um, I find this idea of space also quite as explicit in uh, Islamic culture. The uh, idea of uh, Tawhid uh, is strongly linked to, uh, to the Ummah, in which an omnipotent God guarantees absolute order. And this is uh, also valid in terms of space, because the community is supposed to reflect a God-like unity. Uh, so uh, the parallel is that for both philosophers' approach, it is the unity of God uh, as well as the unity of space that um, poses a problem and that needs to philosophically rethought. Uh, in uh, this very late text uh, um, from 1944, Nishida says that God must be the absolute presence as the self-identity of absolute contradictions. Uh, now, the contradictions uh, um, are there because there is a contradiction between plurality of individuals and the whole. And this has a theological consequence that unity cannot be thought 
in purely reasonable or logical terms. Um, so this self-contradiction is important for the concept of the individual, because an individual is an individual through being relative to other individuals. Uh, a merely uh, isolated individual is, is nothing. So in a, in a theological context, the plurality of individu individuals uh, and um, uh, the plurality of the whole concerns also the unity of God. How can we think the unity of God when every unity is only composed of individuals? That is, is the, questions, the question. Now, in, in, in the context of this short uh, podcast, I cannot go into, into the details. Um, uh, for Nishida, God is an infinite self-determining form, which means that everything inside the unity expresses itself um, organically and the uh, foremost organic expression is God. Uh, that's why we feel awe when we are faced with God. It's due to this contradictory unity. Now, uh, in Arabic, uh, the, the oneness of God is the Tahid, and uh, Abdul, uh, Abdul's main philosophical writing is uh, the Rizal al-Tahid, the, the, the theology of, uh, of unity. Um, so, Tahid signifies the individual oneness of monotheism because God is one and the Islamic belief in God is unitarian and there's no place for other gods. Now, why does Abdul write so much about that? Uh, Abdul is a thinker um, who is opposed to the totalitarian unities that are offered by traditional religions. Uh, he's uneasy with uh, pan. Islamist approaches towards unification. Um, well, uh, I think he wants to reform the Islamic idea of unity and recast it as a unity that is no longer intolerant of pluralism. Uh, and here he joins Nishida, because Nishida's main question was how to think the unity of God when everything is only composed of individuals. Um, so, Dishida concludes that the fundamental source of, of relation between elements must be thought in the infinite self-determining form of God that expresses itself organically. So, God is a contradictory unity and Abdu's reflections on the existence of God uh, insists on the same kind of contradictory self-identity. Abdu establishes that existence I quote him now, necessarily has need of a cause, since nothing cannot be the origin of existence. The existence, if dependent or created, must be brought into being by creation. But uh, we run into a problem here uh, when we consider that both necessary and contingent things exist. So does the contingent also require a cause? Uh, yes, but uh, this cause must be a necessary and not a contingent cause. Um, so, the contingent being due to a necessary source, that is a logical contradiction. Um, necessity um, becomes something um, that is similar to what um, uh, Nishida calls pre-established harmony. Um, Abdu says the necessity 
The necessary being is the source of all harmony and the control of the natural order in undisturbed continuity. Uh, so um, this concept reflects self-determination of the world. Um, so the other thing is God and, uh, and reason, uh, another big topic. Uh, Abdu defines paradoxical positions regarding the integration of reason and religion. So uh, Abdu admires Western science and uh, rationalism, but he also criticizes that European Christians had forbidden intellectual inquiry into their theological doctrines. Uh, so there are lots of lots of things to say about uh, logic, about reason, um, parallels that I work on, uh, and which uh, <clears throat> are complex and difficult to um, to communicate in in, in this uh, podcast. Um, but uh, one thing that um, became more and more obvious to me is that there is a certain theology of place uh, in both uh, philosophies. Um, there is the Tawhid is a unified space, but how is it thought? It's a sacred zone covering everything, um, but uh, it permits uh, contradictions. Uh, um, so, does the Tawhid leave room for tensions between the sacred and the non-sacred? Um, is the Tawhid also a place of contradictory self-identity? Uh, are there rebellions, uh, uh, including rebellions of reason, or are, are, they, are they forbidden because this zone is so sacred? Or does Tawhid create a pure, just a purist realm uh, whose um, universal character is supposed to occupy science, ethics, art, and uh, everything? Uh, or is it an open, organic place in which science and reason can act autonomously um, so I think uh, Abdu's concept of Tahid as a contradictory place offers uh, a sophisticated uh, solution and it's uh, therefore similar to, to Nishida's Basho, which is also a place of organic unity, which is spiritual in itself, uh, because it does not place God outside as something transcendent, but it contains God from the beginning. So such a place emerges. Uh, it is not supposed to repose on an abstract transcendental truth. And Abdu's use of godlike unity does not propagate coherence, for example, communitarianism, based on a higher, more perfect reason. But uh, it's a liberal, universalist humanism that rather contradicts the centrality of unity in the sense of an absolute order based on the reality of an omnipotent God. Uh, now, at the same time, Abdu never gives into secular humanism. He does not place the individual at the center of all sociocultural development. Um, and this theological paradigm has then repercussions on the organization of cultural space. Uh, it means that human life space can never be entirely holy but at the same time, it does not mean that human life space is purely material. It is cultural. And uh, to insist on this unity does not mean that the entire world 
should be integrated into the unity of God. A cultural space can never be entirely good, but only sections of it. Uh, that's how I see it. And I find this reflected in, in Nishida, where he says this cannot mean that God merely faces the world outside himself. The world of merely physical nature is an atheistic, a God-absent world. But then comes the deistic position and, and so on, which I can only uh, only s sketch, uh, sketch here. Uh, now, all these thoughts, it's not uh, Abdu who invented them for the Arab world. I'm perfectly aware of this. Um, and um, that is uh, the task of the research to uh, create um, a more historically um, deeper picture and the cosmological proof of God's existence, necess necessity, possibility. Um, uh, I also have uh, something on uh, Aristotelian logic and there are parallels with, uh, with Nishida again. So all these are familiar, well-established themes in Islamic philosophical uh, traditions. Uh, one would have to talk about Ibn Sina and uh, about uh, Al-Kindi, about the unity and uh, multiplicity and so on. But uh, here I just wanted to sketch uh, the, uh, the project um, of uh, logic and religion, um, of the bringing together of reason and, uh, and God, how this has been done by a, a Buddhist philosopher and by uh, an Islamic philosopher.